What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Word on Woodward presented by PointsBet. Wherever you're watching today, make sure you let us know where you're watching from. And of course, if you have any questions or comments throughout today's show, make sure you're dropping those in the comments as well. We'll do our best to get to them throughout the show. We have a very exciting show today. We'll talk some Tigers draft with the Athletics' Cody Stavenhagen coming up very shortly and later in the show. Art's going to talk to the Tigers' all-star, Gregory Soto, for the headliner. So we're going to get right into it and start off with the big three presented by Chevy. Chevy cares. That is why Chevy clean dealers are committed to using enhanced vehicle cleaning measures with CDC approved cleansers before delivering your vehicle after purchase or service. So when you're ready, you can find new roads with confidence. And with that, we'll get right into the MLB All-Star Game. And of course, welcome in my co-host Art Regner. Art, it's been a couple of weeks. Are you a little rusty today or are you feeling good? Uh, well, if I get through this show, it's going to be a miracle. I fell yesterday. Oh, no. Some of you on the crew know that. And uh, I thought I was okay. I got it checked out. And I don't know, since roughly about 3.30 yesterday, I can barely move and walk. Uh, so uh, it's uh, well, it, it's going to be an interesting show. <laughs> it's, yeah, oh, yeah. It's an interesting show. I uh, So, uh, you know, hey, let's make do. I'm excited. It's a word on Woodward. Let's get going. But if I happen to collapse, please call 911. No, I'm, I'm fine. I'm to. fine. Don't worry. We've right. got it. We've Thank got you. It under Thank you. We'll, we'll get right into the All-Star Game art last night. The AL takes the All-Star Game again with a final score of 5-2. to two, And we got to see Gregory Soto on the mound representing the Tigers, which was pretty cool. I did want to mention just really quick, and we'll stick to Gregory Soto, but Shohei Otani, how amazing is it what he's doing, Art? He was in the home run derby. He leads off the All-Star Game as the batter in the batter's box. So he leads off the game, and then he takes the mound in the bottom half of that inning and pitches a one, two, three inning. Unheard of. I, I thought it was, I, I think he's great. You know, he seems yeah. very unassuming, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, the, you know, I, I remember the Tigers played him earlier this year and, you know, and I, and, you know, he's pitching and he's, you know, he's their best starter and he's hitting home runs. And I'm thinking, wait, is, are there two of them? You know, I mean, I, 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 I had this concept, like, you know, were they cloned? What was going on there? I think it's a wonderful story. I think it's one of the best stories in baseball, and I really think it's one of these stories that really rev up the fan base and really create interest in the game. And, uh, you know, I love it. I, I love the guy. I mean, I really, really, really enjoy watching him play, and uh, it's amazing. It's literally amazing. Yeah, as Tigers fans, we don't get to watch him play often, so it was fun to watch him last night in the All-Star game. And, of course, like I mentioned, Gregory Soto took the mound representing the Tigers in that game. You got to talk to him last week, so we'll see that interview later in the show. And Carly Johnston will give us a more in-depth update um, when it comes to the Tigers and what we did in the All-Star game. So we'll move on to the second topic of today's Big Three, which is a little NHL update, Art. And we are going to talk about the offseason because, you know, it, it's officially in full swing next week is the expansion draft. So 721 next Wednesday, July 21st, will be the expansion draft. And this weekend is the deadline for teams to get their protected lists in. So that's a big week for teams. And then, of course, next weekend, Friday and Saturday, the 23rd and 24th, will be the draft. So a lot coming up for the Red Wings. And, of course, the week after that, free agency starts. So it's a big three weeks coming up here. Well, yeah, certainly. I, I mean, I think the key is, is by 5 o'clock on Saturday, the 17th, the Red Wings have to uh, uh, have to announce their protected list or have to submit their protected list the next day 
uh, on Sunday, that list will be released. We will know who is on the Red Wing protected list and who's not. I know we're going to get into it a little bit later. It's going to be 7, 3, and 1 uh, for the most part. And uh, they're going to release the schedule, and there's going to be two. I just want to say this right now. I hope somehow they figure it out and they end up going to the Olympics uh, uh, next year. I think that that would be uh, – uh, I think it's great for the NHL. I really do, but uh, but we won't know till next week. Uh, well, we won't even know. They're going to release two schedules: one with with an Olympic break and one without. So it, it'll it'll be interesting. Free agency. I mean, it's going to be a whirlwind. Once Seattle mm-hmm. picks their team, there's going to be a lot of stuff happening in the NHL. A lot of rumors already surrounding the Red Wings. By the way. Yeah, and within these next couple of weeks, we'll definitely have a schedule or a look at the NHL schedule. So that's going to be an exciting thing for the Red Wings, too. They're expecting a full 82-game schedule. So that will be definitely something that we will cover right here on The Word on Woodward. Now we're going to move on to our third and final topic of today's Big Three, which is the Tigers draft. The MLB draft took place earlier in the week, and the Tigers added 21 new players to their organization, and they had two first-round picks, which were definitely the talk of the draft for the Tigers. You have right-handed picture, right-handed pitcher Jackson Job out of Heritage Hall High School in Oklahoma, and then with their second pick in the first round, right-handed pitcher Ty Madden out of the University of Texas. We're going to talk a little bit more about all of these picks right now. I'd like to welcome in the athletics Cody Stavenhagen, the Tigers' writer for The Athletic. So let's bring him in. Cody, we're really excited to have you again for Brush Street Beat presented by McLaren Healthcare. Thank you for joining us as always. Just to start this off, give us your overall thoughts of what the Tigers acquired in the draft. Yeah, happy to join as always. Um, I think it was it was definitely an interesting draft up top, and I imagine we'll we'll talk a little more about Jackson Job here in a second. But I think overall, if you really look at the top three picks, um, I think the Tigers got really good value getting Ty Matt in there late in the uh, the competitive balance round, and then Isaac Pacheco. Some people had him tabbed as a first round guy. They get him there in the second. You can even extend that down to Dylan Smith from Alabama in the third round. I think a really good um, top of the draft, some very good value. You look at Madden and Pacheco, guys who could uh, have major league futures for sure. And then deeper in the draft, it was it was very pitcher heavy, a lot of right-handed pitching for the Tigers. Um, it sounds like that wasn't 100% intentional. They had some position players on the board who got drafted. It left uh, – you know, pitchers as the best, uh, the best pick available. But the Tigers, you know, it's it's weird to think about. We've spent the past couple of years touting their pitching in the system. Well, now that you have Mize, Manning, Scooble in the big leagues, um, it is time to kind of start rebuilding the pitching depth in the minor leagues a little bit. So uh, hopefully the Tigers can accomplish that somewhat in this draft class. You know, Cody, I'm looking at it. As you said, 21 players, 11 pitchers drafted, 10 of them right-handed. Uh, and, you know, and I know there's more of an abundance of right-handed pitching than there is left-handed pitching. When you're left-handed like me, you know that you are definitely in a minority. Uh, but, uh, but with all that said, I am not surprised that they went with Jackson Job, And I'll tell you why. Since the days of Dave Dombrowski, the Tigers always love power arms. Power pitchers, guys that have high velo, I guess is how we say it these days. High velo because 
if it doesn't work out, they're so attractive to other teams, you can move them. Like an Andrew Miller for uh, Miguel Cabrera. Uh, you know, they, they, they unloaded Jacob Turner. I mean, they look at it as an asset, not only maybe to the team, but trading. So I guess I wasn't surprised. But what I was surprised about was that, and I know this is a long and involved question, but it really is spot on, especially when you're on pain meds like I am right now. Uh, uh, the, the thing that uh, that's really beautiful about this is is that um, I look at it and I watch that Major League Baseball, their top 100 prospects, but I watched it after the draft or after the first round. Job was seven and, and uh, 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 Madden was eight. You know, so Ty Madden going down is really, I mean, could he be the most ready? And the, and and our good buddy Jim Kalis was saying that Job is the best pitcher in the draft. I, I, I mean, how can the Tigers pass that up if you believe what the prognosticators say? I can't believe it. I think these, especially these two top picks, you know, these guys are supposed to go in the top 10 and they get both of them. I mean, that's pretty good. Or am I am I just uh, drinking the Kool Aid? <laughs> oh man, remind me not to not to do any interviews uh, on pain meds. But yeah, I well, think d- d- don't fall in the bathtub. That's number one. Do not fall in the bathtub. <laughs> definitely number one there. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, sorry to hear that. I no, I think <laughs> I appreciate uh, it. <laughs> I think the thing with Job, it's a pretty interesting discussion because he was somewhat of a late bloomer he's from you know he's a high school pitcher the thing is teams have just really shied away over the past five years or so from taking high school arms in the first round particularly this early in the first round that's because high school arms just tend to bust more often than uh, than other players now granted the tigers have had some success with uh, with like rick porcello in the past and even matt manning now They've also had some busts and some failures, as other teams had. But the Tigers, at the end of the day, trusted their scouts with Jackson Job. I think it became kind of a polarizing pick when Marcelo Meyer fell to number three and he was available, the shortstop that the Tigers uh, were thought to really like. But it also shows you how deeply they had fallen in love with Job. I think he was uh, – I don't know if he's as, as polished as a Jack Leiter, but he definitely has the highest upside of any pitcher in this class. His spin rates are just – off the charts, he would have probably the best average spin rate on a slider of, uh, of any pitcher in the majors if he were in the majors right now. Um, for a high school guy, he does throw three, maybe four-plus pitches. He has good command. So that, that, that package is really attractive, and I think we'd be talking about it differently had people known about Job for longer. But he lost his junior season due to COVID. He didn't really focus on being a starting pitcher until – his senior year, the summer before his senior year. Uh, in some ways, it's a credit to the Tigers um, amateur scouts for being on him. It seems like before a lot of teams really were getting a lot of data, a lot of intel on him, and and believing that he was the best pitcher in this draft. The high school arm thing is interesting. It is a risk. It is a gamble. At the same time, you can't necessarily compare other players to Jackson Job just because they're also high school arms, um, I think. And then taking a prep bat is also not as safe as a college bat. It would have been a, a prep bat or a prep arm is probably what the Tigers were looking at there at three. With Ty Madden, yeah, he was ranked super highly on some draft boards. I would imagine he fell uh, probably wanting an overslot deal, whereas it sounds like the the, uh, the Tigers are going to get Job underslot at number three. So part of the reason you're able to sign Madden 
um, is because you're not having to pay Job quite as much there at number three. Madden's got some really lively stuff. He's a he's a legend at the University of Texas. Was known some for some inconsistency and for some command problems, and that was probably the reason he was uh, he was as low as he was. There are some teams that think maybe he ends up being a power reliever more than a starter for the long haul. But either way, he's a very talented pitcher, and especially if you're talking about, oh yeah, we want someone who's big league ready. Well, Ty Madden's probably not too far away from pitching in the major leagues. We'll have to find out exactly what he is once we get a little deeper look at him here in the farm system but uh but but yeah he's not too far off and joe may take longer to develop but his talent certainly is pretty special and and that's why the tigers took him it yeah it's a risk yeah it's a gamble but uh sometimes gambles pay off Cody, you just touched on it a little bit. I wanted to ask you about the timeline that you see for Jackson Job. That was one of the critiques that I saw when um, people were giving a little bit of negative feedback to taking Jackson Job at number three was that it's going to take him a longer time to get to the big leagues and the Tigers should be, according to these people, in a win-now mentality, wanting their players to get to the big leagues as quick as possible. What is a realistic timeline for somebody like Jackson Job? I know it's taken Matt Manning a few years and he's just now getting his feet wet. Yeah, it's, it's tough to say. I think every pitcher, every player is a little bit different. I think Job, um, even though he didn't focus on being a starter really until that last year of high school, he's, he's a little bit of a different case than Matt Manning was. Matt Manning was a basketball player who kind of became a baseball player late, still had a lot, a lot to learn about pitching, had to polish up his mechanics. Job, the Tigers viewed as more advanced than than Josh Beckett, who several members of this front office took in 1999, a highly touted prep player who had a good major league career. They think Job is more advanced than Beckett was at the same age. So that tells you just how naturally talented this kid is. He's the son of a of a PGA golfer, so he's got some you know bloodlines of a pro athlete. Um, I think the big deal is he can throw multiple pitches. We're seeing Matt Manning at the big leagues still struggle to find. Um, his best secondary offering outside fastball, whereas Job's slider is maybe better than his fastball. His changeup is really good. He started throwing a curveball that definitely has very good pitch data. He doesn't use it a ton right now. And he has a fastball that can hit 99. Um, he's thought to have above average command, you know, if not plus command for a high school arm. So that all bodes well and that, okay, maybe it's not going to take him five years like, like it has Manning, who's still trying to find his footing a little bit. Um, I think there are people who think, okay, can he be pitching in the big leagues in 2023 like Rick Porcello was two years after the draft? I don't know. I think that's a stretch. I think uh, I would tend to be more cautious unless he's just really lighting it up. I think 2023 is optim- is very optimistic, but, you know, 2024 2025 if, if all goes well if he stays healthy which is a huge question mark for any high school pitcher um there's no reason to think he can't be on a little bit of a faster track if, because the tigers seem to think he's so advanced that said he's just 18 he's not going to be in the big leagues tomorrow i think that was a, a concern that the tigers had to talk about a lot in the draft room uh jack Leiter ended up not being available he went to number two kumar rocker was still on the board you could have drafted a college arm who might be ready in this so-called window of contention uh the tigers chose not to do that and in a way maybe it extends the the competitive window if if you're getting another uh plus arm you know adding to your big league arsenal in 
2025 or whenever it may be. Jackson Job will, will determine when he's ready. Uh, the kid hasn't even thrown a professional game yet, so it's a little hard to put in an exact timeline on. Don't you think, though, Cody, that maybe the Tigers look at it and say, you know, we're pretty strong pitching anyway. Uh, you know, we can take a flyer on a Jackson Joe. We can we can really do that. I mean, it. Uh, so he, if he takes a little longer, so be it. Look who we already have in the system. I mean, I don't know. I I, I would imagine that would be their uh, uh, their thinking. But overall, what about this? And, and I say this affectionately. This Pachenko character. I mean, he also sounds like uh, uh, he he also sounds like he's a, a legitimate prospect. Yeah, you know? he really does. I mean, I uh, were you surprised that the uh, Tigers were able to nab him? Yeah, I was a little surprised he fell down there to pick 39. I think uh, at the Athletic, Keith Law had him ranked number 22. I think he was uh, number 30 on on um, another another top prospect list. So he fell a little bit. I don't know if it was signability or what, but I really like Pacheco. He drew some comparisons to Brady House, who was you know the high school shortstop in the mix to go to the Tigers at three. He ended up falling to 11. Uh, to I think the Nationals, but uh, Pacheco and House have a lot in common. And they're they're carrying tools, their power. They have really advanced power. Pacheco probably has the most power of any left-handed hitter in this draft. So he swings from the left side, which is great. He's he's like six four two twenty five. Just watching some video, I actually think he moves around better than House. I don't know that he'll stay at shortstop, but he has he's got a great arm. He could definitely translate into a good third baseman or corner outfielder if he's not able to be a shortstop. The concern there is the swing and miss, and I think some teams that might have also been part of the reason he fell last summer after his junior year. He struggled a little bit on uh, kind of the showcase circuit. You know, if he wasn't hitting bombs, he was striking out. He was chasing a little too much. It does sound like he made some adjustments in, in the spring of his senior season, and the Tigers scouts saw that, and that gives them – um, some faith that he was able to make some corrections and prove his game. Just talking to Pacheco the other day, I thought it was pretty interesting. He videoed pretty much every high school at bat he ever took. He had his mom or dad take video in the stands, wow. and then he'd watch him after the game, and, and he'd write down, you know, uh, just kind of what he saw about his own tendencies in in a notebook. I think it was less about his swing and more about his pitch selection, how he handled in at bat. So I think that shows some ability to learn. He's going to have to clean up the swing and miss, the plate discipline, but there's some big-time power potential in that bat, and I think it'll be exciting to watch in the minors. Well, that sounds great. It really does. I mean, you know, I, I would say if Pacheco's that way, even though he's a positional player, he and Chris Fetter should really get along really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Cody. Well, that wraps up all the time we have today for Breast Repeat. Thank you so much for joining us. And next time, I promise I won't let Art take his pain meds before your interview will wait to laugh. I won't be falling uh, in the tub got. anytime soon. I promise. <laughs> I've learned my so, lesson. Right. I hope so. All right. It Thank was you, not, it was not pretty. <laughs> And, of course, a big thank you to McLaren Healthcare for presenting Breast Street Beat right here on The Word on Woodward. And now we are going to get in to Catching Up with Carly, presented by Meyer. And, of course, we can't catch up with Carly without Carly Johnston. I know I asked Art this question at the beginning of the show since it's been a couple of weeks since we've done this. Carly, you feeling good? Or you got to shake off a little rust? How's it going? Yeah, I feel like I'm a little rusty. It's been so long. I feel like I haven't spoken to you guys in forever. So... It's nice to see your smiling, beautiful faces again, right, Art? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 
It's uplifting. It's very, you know, I, I had to tell Mike Fitzsimmons that I hurt myself yesterday, and uh, he comp- he said between you and Carly, uh, you know, what you guys are, uh, you, you know, you're keeping me awake at night or something like that. But uh, I better yeah. not be that. That's all I have to say. Yeah, just, like, <laughs> just be, be careful. Daniela. Be careful, Daniela. Oh my God! I'm gonna have to like wear bubble all right, all right, what do you have for us today? I'm going to be talking a lot of baseball, a lot of all-star game action. MLB. Of course, we saw Gregory Soto pitching, so huge congrats to him being able to spend that weekend uh, over there in Colorado. And uh, we saw Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson shining an MLB Future Stars game on Sunday. Um, so Torkelson started at third base for the American League and went one for two with a run scored, a single, and a walk. He also flashed leather on a multiple occasions. So great to see him making a splash in the future games. And a Green started in center field for the AL All-Stars and went two for three with a run scored, a base knock, and a nice lunging grab from Riley Green, as we see a lot. He, he has a nice reach. We've seen that a few times out of Riley Green. Um, we also saw Captain America, which, you know, I'm not going to lie, you guys. Not the biggest Marvel fan. So I know our uh, social media manager, uh, Andrew Kristoff, is probably shaking his head right now. I thought this guy was – I thought Anthony Mackie was, was Falcon. But now apparently he's – Captain America? I don't know. Someone help me out there. But he was rubbing the new. He's a new one. What? That's a spoiler alert for me. So, wait. I thought that – what's his name? What's that actor's name? Chris. Chris Hemsworth. There's so many, like, Chris Pye. There's so many Chris's. You know, I'll tell you, Carly, I'll tell you. Captain America is actually a human being. He's got the shield, and he has some super strength serum, but he actually ages, and so Captain America had to retire, I guess, is, is, is I think what the storyline is, so they needed a new one. Uh, yeah, Captain America is actually a fascinating story. It goes back to World War II, but, uh, but, but I digress, so I, uh, I will, uh, and I really can't talk with my hands here. Uh, the, today, unfortunately, which I really do like to do, and it's it's no. just not going to work. We're doing great, Art. It's still Art. It's just not going to work today. Oh god. Okay, We're all kind of. I look like a troll. You can't move your hands. This show is outstanding. Show today, it really is. It always is. But I do want to talk this weekend. There's some fun surrounding the Detroit Tigers. They're going to have their summer baseball bash on Saturday, July 17th. You can get $5 upper-level tickets. Like I said, I'm a little rusty. And they have, like, a ton of fun planned. I'm very jealous that I won't be there. But um, I will be hosting Sunday's game, so if you want to come to the game, come on. Um, but they're going to have people like Mickey Lilich. They're going to have Jim Leland. Craig Monroe is going to be there. I also heard Chris Osgood's going to be there. They're going to be signing autographs. Uh, first 10,000 fans will receive a Detroit Roots t-shirt, so make sure to get there early. So just like a ton of fun surrounding the game against the Minnesota Twins. So don't miss out on that. You can go to DetroitTigers.com slash bash and enter that coupon code there summer and get that awesome deal and just a lot of fun. Hopefully the weather will hold out on Saturday. It's like a little 
opening day part two, right? Like we're starting the second half of the season. Yeah. So look at it that way, everybody, and definitely head down there. It's going to be a really fun weekend. Well, thank you, Carly, for all of those updates that will wrap up. Catching up with Carly presented by Meyer. And now we are going to get into Bet You Didn't Know. And of course, Bet You Didn't Know is presented by PointsBet Sportsbook, an official gaming partner of the Detroit Red Wings, Detroit Tigers, and Little Caesars Arena. And we mentioned that we're heading into the second half of the baseball season. We're going to look back at some standouts from the first half of the Tigers season. So, Art, why don't you start us off and start talking about that long ball? Because it has been pretty impressive. Right. You know, we we questioned whether the Tigers were going to be able to hit for power this year consistently uh, going, uh, you know, after spring training and during the spring training season. Well, in April, believe it or not, at one point, the Tigers led the American League in home runs. However, Jonathan Scope was mired. And remember, he got to camp late and, you know, and he was mired in a terrible slump. He was batting under 200. Uh, uh, you know, he had, he, he, he just wasn't, it just wasn't happening. We, you know, he's taking an extra batting practice and all that. And so uh, uh, since that terrible stretch in the spring, he has hit 16 home runs, 16 home runs. And, and, you know, once he gets going, he's not going to stop, you know, and he had 10 of those home runs in June. Now you're kind of wondering, well, what's the bet you didn't know about that? I mean, we're bombarded with those stats all the time. Well, I'm going to tell you, bet you didn't know that 11 of his 16 home runs are solo shots. So does that mean Tigers – Get on base. Akil Badu, get on base. Robbie Grossman, get on base. Miguel Cabrera, get on base. Eric Haas, who's ever batting second, get on base. Because you've got a guy who's one of the hottest hitters in the game right now and definitely, definitely is making contact with the long ball. Jonathan Scope turns the season around. Uh, Now, you know, I don't want to be a a negative Nelly here, but – uh, you know, he might look pretty good to some team here at the trade deadline, but hopefully that won't happen. We definitely yeah, don't well, want that to happen. No, no. We want to keep what we have good going around here. And one of the good definitely. we have going around here doesn't even make sense. But hey, Rock. The Tigers leader is on basis, who is Akil Badu. Yabba Badu. Are you right, Art? That's right. Yeah, there we go. There it is. Well, he has 13 stolen bases, which is good for sixth best in the American League. But um, we bet you didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm going to get together. So I don't know why we didn't do this before. (laughs) Bet you didn't know. Bet you didn't know. Oh, that that hurt. Carly, are you fucking paying meds today, too? What's going on? (laughs) No, I just had a lot of coffee. But (laughs) um, the Tigers have swiped 56 stolen bases this season, which is good. That's good for fifth in Major League Baseball. So uh, we haven't seen them uh, steal this many bases in a very long time. For reference, in their last 162-game season in 2019, of course, as we know, we had the COVID season last season, uh, they only stole 57 bases. The entire season. So the stolen base leader that year was Nico Goodrum, who stole 12 bases. And this year, Nico Goodrum has stolen 12 bases. 
So you got to love the aggressive baseball we're seeing out of them this season. Tigers are on the up and up. I'm confident. Akil Yabba-Dabba-Do stealing those bases and stealing our hearts. Oh, wow. Wow. Whoa, wow. <laughs> Consider my heart stolen. <laughs> Girl, you mentioned the aggressive baseball. I think that says a lot about AJ Hinch's managing style too. He's definitely a more aggressive manager. And yes, agreed. Totally something that we love to see. But of course, we're gonna mix some pitching in here too. Leading the Tigers in strikeouts is Tarek Scoobal, the lefty with hundred and five Ks and eighty-eight and two-thirds innings. It's an impressive stretch, but not a stretch of the imagination as his strikeouts per nine innings in the past two seasons have been right around 10 and a half. But since this is bet you didn't know, I bet you guys don't know the answer to this trivia question. All right, you ready? Oh, I do, ready? I do. No, you I don't. Are, <laughs> Art might have a better chance at this one, Carly, not gonna lie, but it bet you, wait. <laughs> I bet you guys didn't didn't know. I tried to be all cute and funny like you guys, and it didn't work. Anyway, do either of you know who has the Tigers' record for the most strikeouts in a season? You mean mean striking out as a batter or striking out the opponent? We're talking about Tarek Skubal, who threw the most strikeouts, a pitcher. Pitcher, who has the most strikeouts ever for the Tigers, who holds the record? I I, got to say it's Mickey Lolich. Carly, do you have a guess? Am I, do I have to guess something different than Art? No, if you agree with someone, us, fine. I would definitely agree with Art on this one. <laughs> I agree with Art on this one. Mickey Lolich right, is going to be my final answer. Art is correct. Well, <laughs> it was Mickey Lolich. Carly, that means you were correct too. 1971, 308 strikeouts. He's also a lefty, so maybe Tarek Scoble's on his way to that record, you think? I don't think so, but maybe. <laughs> You know, I feel like I'm like the Rodney Dangerfield of this show. I get no respect at all. I mean, I mean, that was a very easy question for me. I, whatever. Oh. I, you know, sorry that you're a little older. Than you know, I, I come come at me a little harder. I'm even I'm even playing hurt today. I should My be on the DL. You want me to make you feel deal. real old? Are you want me to make you feel real old? My parents were three years old in 1971. Yeah, well, I was in uh, junior high school, <laughs> rooting my Tigers on. Go Tigers, go, buddy! And Mickey right, Lawrence, you know, the pot-bellied left-hander. He used to do commercials when they won in '68. He, m- oh, Mister, he was Mickey Lowich had a big pot belly. Uh, that uh, Mickey Lowich and Mister Illich, Mister I would do Little Caesars commercials after they won in '68. They were commercials for Little Caesars, obviously, where they would make pizzas. I, I think Mr. I was teaching Mickey. They're classic. They're probably on YouTube. Was teaching Mickey how to make pizzas. And the joke was always, I'm sure Mickey has eaten a few Little Caesars pizzas in his day. Oh you, know? you know what? Yeah. No, really. Mickey Lolich, I love him. One of my all-time favorite Tigers. All right. That's wonderful, Art. I'm glad you knew the answer to that. I'm sorry for not giving you credit before I even no, asked no, you. That's all right. I'm, I'm just teasing. I'm just – everything's good. I love everyone. <laughs> well, as we mentioned, second half of the MLB season will be starting this weekend for the Tigers. And remember, 
The bash is happening on Saturday, Summer Baseball Bash, July 17th, Comerica Park. There are limited $5 upper-level tickets. Carly, I stumbled on that one, too. Upper-level tickets. So make sure that you guys are checking out tigers.com slash bash for more. Wow, slash bash. And, of course, we talked about the alumni signings at the beginning of the game, before the game starts. Mickey Lolich is supposed to be there, too. So, Art, you might have to head down there and tell him your little Caesars story, maybe get an autograph or two. Well, I'm sure he remembers it. But, yeah, he was a star. He and Mr. I, I love those commercials. One of my all-time favorites. (laughs) All right, Art. Well, that wraps up Bet You Didn't Know. That's right, but I want to remind everyone, Points Bet is teaming up with Miller Lite and the Detroit Tigers to give you the chance to win an exclusive VIP prize pack this July. Download, download, pardon me, the Points Bet app now and sign up with the code Miller to receive a 100% deposit match up to $300 and your chance to win an exclusive VIP prize pack. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. And now, everybody, we're going to get into Downtown Hockey Town, presented by Labatt Blue Light. Get into some Red Wings talk here. We've been focusing on the Tigers in the All-Star Game a lot, but it is a big three weeks coming up for the Red Wings, starting with the expansion draft next week, Wednesday, July 21st. So this weekend on Saturday by 5 o'clock, every team has to have their protected list in. And I want to start off this Downtown Hockey Town by, you know, Art says no one ever gives him credit around here, so I am going to give him all the credit because... Philip Zadina is exempt. He does not have to be protected. Art, I am so sorry, but the first part, wait, no, that, I was going to say the first part of fixing your problem is admitting you have one, but it's more of a mistake, not a problem. So I'm not going to go there, but I'm sorry. I apologize. I didn't know. Art. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, I mean, I th- that's okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I definitely, uh, I thought I was right, but I wasn't going to sit there and belabor the point. Uh, uh, you know, but now Giovanni Smith must be happy because uh, I took Zadina off the protected list and put Giovanni on. <laughs> so it's definitely now. Larkin, Bertuzzi, Fabry, Rasmussen, Ernie, Smith, and I'm missing somebody. Who did I miss there, you guys? Mm. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I stopped. Oh, Verona. Verona. Oh, that's right. Verona. Duh. Yeah, the guy that they got for Mantha. Yes. 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 Definitely. So, yeah. What do you think about defensemen, you guys? There's three defensemen that can be protected. Who do you think's protected for the Red Wings, Carly? What do you think? Chronic, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's tough. See, that's tough. I know um, Art's gonna go Chalowski. Dennis Chalowski and Gus Lindstrom. And I have to I have to agree with him, but it is tough. Well, Troy Stetcher, I know he's only, he's only got I one know. year on his yeah. deal, right? So um, I'd imagine they leave him unprotected and see what happens. But he's got to be pretty enticing for a team like Seattle. I think he played good. I really liked him. He was sorry, Art. I didn't know how it was up. No, no, go ahead. No, go, go right ahead. In my eyes, out on the ice, he looks like a defensive version, defenseman, I should say, version of Tyler Bertuzzi. Flying out on the ice. You know, Tyler Bertuzzi always has, like, flying. The hair, the hair's flying. Jersey's flying because he's 
darting back and forth, going so fast out on the ice. I like the way he plays. I like Troy Stetcher. But, um, again, I don't fight with anything that Art says. So if Art says those three guys, Lindstrom, Chalowski, and Cronin, I'm going with it. No more disagreeing around here. You know, Troy Stetcher's a real competitor. He gives you everything he has. He leaves it out on the ice. I mean, he's a high-energy guy. He looked great in the uh, World Championship for Team Canada. The assist on the uh, overtime goal that beat Russia was, you know, highlight reel. That, you know, uh, if Canada does make postage stamps anymore, that probably that pass should be on a postage stamp. I mean, it was that good. It was that memorable. Uh, I, I just think, I go back to what Steve Eiserman said, that, you know, Giovanni Smith, Dennis Chalowski, and Gus Lindstrom will have to be really, really bad not to make the Red Wings out of training camp because they're out of options, meaning that they would be exposed to the waiver wire before they can be sent down to Grand Rapids. So uh, based on what Steve said, I, I, I would have to think that the three defensemen, and they're going to go 7-3-1, and one, they can go eight skaters and a goalie, uh, which means you can have any combination as long as they're obviously skaters. But, uh, you know, for their purposes, it makes more sense for the Red Wings to go 7-3-1. Uh, and one. That's what most teams do anyway. Uh, but I can't see it not being Dennis, uh, Dennis Chalowski and, uh, uh, you know, Gus Lindstrom. And, of course, uh, as, as, as uh, Carly pointed out, when she's spot on as usual, uh, you know, uh, Philip Aronik is definitely going to be protected. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about another thing in this downtown hockey town segment. All three of us did a little mock draft because obviously next week we've got the expansion draft on Wednesday, the 21st, but then Friday, the 23rd is the NHL entry draft. And this is an interesting one because I have seen all three of ours. And I think we all had the same first two picks and then we all had the Red Wings taking somebody different. So Carly, who did you have the Red Wings taking in your mock draft? Senator Mason McTavish. Um, he's good point production. So I really liked him. I liked he played really well in the tourney games and the under 18 world. He's a really good two way player. He's quick and he's a pure goal scorer. And I think that's something that the Red Wings really need. We saw that with Jacob Verona, I think, at the end of the season there. But I, you know, you can't just rely on one guy to score every goal for the whole season for one team. So I think, well, again, you know, we won't see. I believe we won't see anyone we draft uh, next year. We'll see them in the next couple of years with development and everything. But I think that his game will translate well to smaller ice because he's really quick and he has good. I don't know what this was. Quick. He's really quick. He has good. <laughs> he's really good. Edward. Really good agility. I think he'd be a really I mean, We know that the Red Wings need a center. So right. down the line, I think I like Tavish it. will be the guy that Eisenman picks, so. All isn't right. that like a, isn't that kind of like a, you click your hands like that, and you know, notice I'm using my right hand, so I'm not very coordinated. It's like, yeah, you go, girl. You go, girl. Yeah. Way to go, car. You go. Is that the cheerleader coming out on you, Danielle? Is that you, the cheerleader? That, well, give, me, give me a mason. Carly is going to be the scorer. You, I know, 
picked a player that would be at the opposite end of the ice. Who do you think the Red Wings are drafting at six? Well, you know, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Jesper Wallstat. And the reason I think that, especially now that it, it's highly unlikely the Red Wings are going to sign Keith Petrozelli, who they have to sign by August 15th of this year, uh, or else he becomes an unrestricted free agent. It's really convoluted. He can go back to college and all that for a fifth year. And, you know, Red Wings would still retain his rights till August 15th of 2022. Whether that happens or not, I just don't think that there's going to be a happy marriage between Petrozelli and the Red Wings. So I think it's going to be Jesper Wallstad. Maybe I'm a, uh, I'm a little bit, uh, uh, you know, infatuated with his numbers. But 18 years old in the Swedish Hockey League, uh, winning the starting job, granted he lost it, but winning the starting job during that season, talking to Joe Valeno, the pressure on these uh, – uh, on the S- SHL teams to remain and not get relegated down to the Alphonskin is huge. So there's a lot of pressure in that league. And uh, uh, I-, I just think that what Wallstedt was able to do against men, and that's the difference. People say, well, you know, how about Kosa, his numbers? Well, Kosa was playing in the WHL. He was playing a limited schedule against WHL teams, all kids roughly right around his same age. Wallstedt was playing in a men's league a men's league. He was playing against men, full-grown, full-bodied, and I really can't move my left arm, so I shouldn't be doing that. Uh, but with that said, I think that uh, uh, that Wallstedt is the guy uh, because I think that Steve has some hidden gems later in the later rounds that only he knows about, and he's going to pluck some guys. That's why I think he goes with the goalie. He's comfortable with that pick at six. And they need right. Red Wings need a goalie in their system. I mean, a really bona fide prospect in their system. Jesper Wallstedt, take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. All right. Well, in case you were wondering who I picked after all of that, Art, that was great. You really sold me on Jasper Wallstadt, so maybe I made the wrong choice. But no, I'm just kidding. I went with the winger, William Eklund, as the sixth overall pick to the Red Wings. And we know the Red Wings like their Swedish wingers, right? Okay, so that was a a big part of it. And I do realize that Eklund is going to have to fall to six, which – May not happen, but in my mock draft, it happened. So you can check out all three of our mock drafts on Red Wings social media because they were all different, very interesting. But I do want to give one more honorable mention because Kent Johnson, we heard from Mel Pearson himself on the word on Woodward that we should not sleep on Kent Johnson, another center. Carly like the center at the six pick. Don't sleep on him. Okay, and I'll wrap it up there. Check out our mock drafts on Red Wings social media. Carly, we'll see you in a little bit. Guys, make sure you're putting your questions, thoughts, comments, anywhere you're watching. We definitely want to try to get to them and let socialize later in the show. And that does it for Downtown Hockey Town, presented by Labatt Blue Light. Labatt Blue Light, refreshing Canadian Pilsner. Visit your local retailer when safe to pick up some Labatt blue light. And now we're going to get into the mailbag delivered to you by Little Caesars today. We're going to have two questions for Art, so I hope Art's ready to answer all of these burning fan questions. We'll get right into it. The first question of the day, Art, is from Sam from Milford, and he asks, since May, the Tigers have been playing 500 baseball in the second half of the season. Do you expect this to continue? A few things are going to have to happen because we know that I, I believe Scooble still is going to get on some sort of pitch count or innings like uh, like Mize is going to be. Uh, you know, Manning comes up. Will he be able to figure it out? Although I've been pretty impressed with Manning. I know he had the rough outing there uh, uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, but I think it all depends on if Matt Boyd, if Spencer Turnbull, 
Michael Fulmer, hopefully, if those guys can come back to supplement the innings that are going to be taken away from some of the young pitchers. Uh, and also what the Tigers do at the trade deadline. I mean, Jonathan Scope could be really, really attractive. You're taking away a lot of power uh, at that point. And who knows? Maybe a Boyd, maybe a Turnbull. I'm not saying they're going to be traded, especially when they're hurt. But people are going to be inquiring to the Tigers about some of their players. So, you know, I, I, as much as I think they're capable, and I think A.J. Hinch is a manager that can actually do it and lead them to, you know, I don't know if they're going to be a 500 club at the end of the year, but could they play 500 baseball? I think it's possible, but there's a lot of unknowns, and a lot of it has to do with health, and a lot of it has to do with who's going to inquire about what players and what the Tigers do at the trade deadline. So at this point, it's a very unsteady Yes, <laughs> but, uh, you know, things, things are going to have to fall right for the Tigers, especially hopefully Boyd, uh, hopefully uh, uh, Turnbull and Michael Fulmer. Those guys can come back. Soto can keep doing what, he, you know, what he's doing. Cisnero, you know, Funkhauser has been a godsend, really. I mean, he, you know, the, 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 the you know, Funkhauser's going to Funky Town right now. I mean, he's pitching a, a, as well as he could, can be ever, you know. So, uh, you know, they have a, a lot of good signs. Badu, I think, is going to keep doing it. So um, I like what I see, but – there are some factors, and, and, and don't forget that pitch count with Mize and Scooble and, you know, perhaps Manning, uh, that could come into play. Yep, and the second half of the season for the Tigers will be underway this weekend at Comerica Park. So we're excited to see what the Tigers can do to finish out the month of July and the back half of the season. It's definitely going to be exciting. Question two, Art, this one hockey-related, of course. Nate from Pleasant Ridge asks, what are the odds of the Wings trading the 23rd pick to move up? Remember, they have that 23rd pick in the first round of the draft, which is taking place next Friday. Well, obviously, they would have to trade their 23rd pick and at least one of the three second-round picks that they have. Uh, you know, maybe a third-round pick. It all depends on how high they want to go and who's available. I have the feeling, though, from talking, and I've been, you know, working the phones forever. I, I, I you know, uh, my phone bill is, you know, if it were back in the olden days, the long-distance bill would be through the roof. Uh, but, uh, but, but I would say this. I, I would think that they're not going to. I think Steve likes where the position that they're in. I don't know this, obviously, for a fact. I definitely want to qualify that. I think he thinks that where they're picking, there's going to be a lot of high-end talent that people have overlooked, but Steve Eiserman hasn't overlooked. And so I think he's pretty comfortable uh, unless, you know, unless the goalie or, you know, he doesn't take Wallstead, he takes Eklund or whomever, uh, Mason McTavish, Kent Johnson, uh, you know, Berniers falls to him or, or whatever. Um, if he can move up and get Wallstat, maybe, uh, I could see that happening. But except for that kind of scenario, I think he's going to uh, uh, stay uh, uh, stay right where he is. I think he likes the, the Red Wings position. Don't forget about Sebastian Cosa, too, the other goaltender in the draft, supposedly the number two goaltender in the draft. That could be there at 23. I don't know uh, if right. he will no, be. That's... He could be there at that position, so maybe that's the goaltender that the Red Wings target. 
No question about it, Danielle. I mean, you know, yeah, if Wallstead goes and, you know, and again, you know, I would say somebody that's considered a legitimate top five prospect, if, it falls to the, if he falls to the Red Wings, like a Lou Hughes, Berniers, Owen Power, whomever, okay, I can see I can see Steve saying, oh, uh, yes, Bert was great, but no go, uh, boom, and taking somebody, and, 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 then, and then maybe trading up. But I don't know. I, you know, goaltending is a very important position. And, you know, all you have to do is look at the Stanley Cup final. And I think every one of the starting goaltenders you know, the, of the final four were all taken in the first round. And Carey Price fifth overall. So, and Steve one took obviously Vasilevsky 19. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. goaltending is very important. Yes, it, it is. It is. And it definitely be interesting to see what the Red Wings do. And that is next Friday, the NHL entry draft, July 23rd and 24th. We will have all of the coverage of that draft. So it's going to be really exciting. Stay tuned to Red Wings social media for more information. Of course, a big thank you to Little Caesars for delivering the mailbag. Little Caesars proudly introduces their hot and ready pepperoni cheeser cheeser. You get a large pizza topped with classic pepperoni, fresh mozzarella, and a toasted Parmesan and Asiago cheese crust for just $7. Try our no contact pizza portal or delivery from the Little Caesars. Tigers fans, another reminder that this Saturday, the Tigers are hosting Detroit's biggest summer baseball bash presented by Miller Lite. There will be more than a dozen Tigers alumni and players signing pregame autographs, special guests from the Red Wings, Pistons, and Lions, and the first 10,000 fans will receive a Detroit Roots t-shirt courtesy of DTE Energy. Plus, there is a limited amount of tickets for just $5. Yes, that's right. You heard me. $5 if you go to tigers.com slash bash and use the promo code summer so go get your tickets for saturday and kick off the second half of the tiger season and now we're going to get into our headliner for today where art regner caught up with the tigers all-star last week thank you very much daniela it is time for the headliner presented by miller light our guest is tiger all-star pitcher gregory soto the left-handed flame-throwing yeah, man, just as he's speed in motion. And, of course, Carlo Guillen joins us so Gregory can understand what the heck I'm saying. And uh, it's always great to have both of them uh, have both of them here on the show. Uh, uh, first of all, congratulations, Gregory, to you for, uh, for making the All-Star game. What was your initial reaction when A.J. Hinch, I assume, told you that you're going to be representing the Tigers in the uh, Midsummer Classic? Bueno, primero... Los nervios, estaba muy nervioso. Luego el corazón se me aceleró, ¿sabes? porque algo que uno trabaja tanto para esto y lograrlo así en su carrera, yo considero que fue a temprana edad, o no edad, o por lo menos, ¿sabes? mi tercer año en Grande Liga, el corazón se me aceleró. Ah, uh, you know, it was, uh, I was excited, I was nervous, and my heart was beating so fast uh, because, you know, you worked so hard all over the years and making it on such a young age, maybe not such a young age, just on my third year in the major leagues, it kept me, it kept my heart super fast. You know, we heard that there was a huge celebration with your teammates that as happy as you were, they were actually happier for you. What was that like to have that reaction from your teammates when you were named an all-star? Bueno, fue un momento muy bonito ver el respaldo de mi compañero, el saber que Sabe que ellos portaron, aportaron su granito de arena para que yo esté aquí. Ellos son parte de esto también. Le agradezco mucho a cada uno de ellos. It was, it was a very good moment, a very nice moment. You know, uh, 
having their support and knowing that they are they did all the small things for me to be here and for, for me to be uh, receiving this uh, this opportunity to be representing the team in the, in the All-Star game. Uh, it is something it's something that is priceless. You know, I know originally uh, you were a starter, and I know you have a two-seam fastball, four-seamer, a slider, and a little bit of a change-up. How much of a benefit is it that you became, you were a starter first and then became the ace of the Tigers' bullpen, if I shall say, uh, to have that arsenal of pitches, does that help you out being a reliever where you just don't rely on one pitch, even though the one pitch you would rely on that fastball is outstanding? ¿Qué te digo? No tiro cambio, en realidad no tiro cambio. Este año solamente tiro recta y slider. To seeing y for seeing. For seeing son algunas, algunas veces se me hace como correr, pero mayormente es la que uso para atacar los bateadores arriba, la mi renta alta. Um, la confianza en, en poder usarlo en, en cualquier conteo, en cualquier situación, es lo que yo siento que me ha ayudado. You know, basically, I don't throw change up that much. I I basically rely on my fastball and on my slider. Uh, on my fastball, I throw two seamer and four seamer. When I throw the two seamer, sometimes it moves like a cutter, uh, but it's the one that I've used to attack the hitters. Uh, obviously, I had a lot of trust, and I had, I'm super confident on using it on every pitch count that I have to. That's that's one of the things that I have that's had helped me a lot. Yeah, I, I'm really curious because, I mean, I think everybody, uh, we, when you get out there and you're cranking it up, you know, 98, 100 miles an hour, um, it, is it more of a mindset for you where the batter knows that you're going to throw it and you know you're going to throw it and you're just like, buddy, you're not going to be able to hit it. I mean, is that the confidence that you have when you – is that your approach when you go out in a situation? I, I, I think of the game recently um, that you played against Texas. I think you came in with bases loaded and nobody out, and, you know, you were just mowing them down. Is that the mindset that you have to have is that you know what's coming, I know what's coming, try and hit it? Claro, claro. El bateador muchas veces yo tiene una idea de qué pichón uno puede tirar, pero no por eso uno – tiene que dejar de ejecutar su picheo. Siempre y cuando tú ejecutes los picheos donde tú quieres, muchas veces te le van a dar. Pero la mayor mayor parte de las veces, cuando tú ejecutas los picheos, tienes que ejecutarlo. ¿Sabes? Si ellos sepan que venga recta y tú le tires recta, siempre tú vas a salir ganando. Mi recta es mi mejor picheo. Mi recta es una recta a tu sin que puede viajar, como lo dije, entre 98 y 100 millas. Yo confío mucho en mi recta, pero también tengo mucha confianza en mi slider. Yo. ¿Sabe? Me da lo mismo que me pidan siete el, el slider pisado, ¿sabe? uno atrás de otro, como también que me pidan diez rectas uno atrás de otro. ¿Sabe? El momento la merita, no tengo miedo a tirar mi picheo. Um, yeah, you know, the, 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 the hitter sometimes they get an idea of what we throw. So, but not because of that, I'm going to stop executing my pitches. Sometimes they hit it, sometimes they don't. But when you execute your pitches, and regardless that they know what you're going to throw at them, you, you're always winning. Uh, my fastball is my best pitcher as of now. Uh, basically, I throw a two-seamer reaching 98, 100 miles per hour, and I trust on it. I, throw, I trust on throwing that pitch and even my slider too and sometimes you know it, i don't mind that the catcher asks for seven sliders or ten fastballs uh if the moment you know i have to throw it because of the moment i, I don't mind doing it and i take advantage of it 
Uh, I, I'm kind of curious. I mean, you're used in all situations. It's almost closer by committee uh, that the Tigers, but, you know, if there's a left-handed hitting uh, uh, lineup coming up or heavy left-handers, you know, A.J. Hitch will go to you in the seventh inning or sometimes maybe the sixth or, uh, you know, or the heart of the lineup and then obviously to close games. Do you like this, uh, the way the Tigers bullpen, the way A.J. uses you guys where all of you are – Almost bullpen by committee, closer by committee. Muy bien, me siento muy bien física y mentalmente porque eso nos da confianza. Él, él sabe que podemos hacer el trabajo en cualquier inning. ¿Sabe? Ya, él, ya él tiene la idea de que podemos hacer el trabajo en el sexto, como el séptimo, como en el octavo, como también estamos acostumbrados a hacerlo en el noveno. Entonces esas son cosas que solamente cuando él no dé la pelota, sabe hacer el trabajo. Um, you know, I feel very good physically and mentally. And, you know, that having that situation by a committee just gives us a lot of trust. And, uh, we, of course, the manager knows that we do the job regardless of what inning are we supposed to throw. And if it's in the sixth or the seventh or the eighth, or even, we get, we're getting used to throwing the ninth also. So those are the things that when he comes to us and gives us the ball to give us opportunity, you know, we, we got to... We we already we're already set for doing that thing. Well, you you make the most of the opportunity. It's wonderful to watch you pitch, uh, Gregory. I don't know if you remember the last time we talked, but I am a big big fan of your air. Uh, I I love it, and I know that it was orange and it was blue, and I'm kind of wondering. Uh, are you superstitious about it? I mean, if you're riding a hot streak, will you keep the hair orange? Or if, you know, unfortunately you give up maybe a run or two, you change the hair. And will you do something special for the All-Star game? Will we will we see a new style uh, from Gregory Soto? Sabe que me gusta en el momento, pido opiniones y me lo doy. Y lo que pasa es, lo he cambiado más con tanta y ya me lo he dejado negro porque... Los colores maltratan mucho el pelo y se me rompe mucho el cabello. Entonces, como estamos jugando ahora mismo, no tenemos mucho chance, ¿sabes? De encontrar a alguien que, que te pueda siempre estar arreglando el cabello. Entonces, para el All-Star Game, yo quería darme un color, pero en realidad no, no, no tuve, ¿sabes? No tuve el tiempo porque al no saber que iba y solamente con una semana tenía que buscar a alguien bien que me, ¿sabes? Que me haga algo bien. Por eso mejor decidí dejarme lo negro. Uh, you know, I'm not a superstitious guy. I don't believe that much in, on it. But it depends on the color that I like at the moment. That's the color I have with my hair. Uh, I sometimes I ask for opinions. People give me their opinions. What, what, what color should I wear? Uh, I know I I have stopped changing it. I'm keeping it black uh, because you know, and most of the ladies know colors do some damage in the hair and then break it and, and you know I don't have the chance to given that we're playing I don't have the chance to set up a, 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 an appointment and have a guy to fix it uh, but but the all-star game I I wanted to have a color but I didn't have the time uh, because I got the notification official notification on a short notice and I couldn't be able to set up an appointment for fixing my hair and doing that uh, you know just in one week it's it's not an easy thing when we're on the road yeah, well, Gregory Soto, thank you uh, uh, very much for joining us. Congratulations on being an all-star. I don't care what color your hair is, as long as you're getting guys out. Uh, you know, it's a pleasure to watch you uh, perform, and uh, I, I wish you nothing but continued success. Thank you for joining us today on The Headline. I appreciate it.
That'll do it for this edition of the Headliner presented by Miller Lite. Miller Lite, it is the original light beer. It tastes great. It's only 96 calories, and it is available for delivery. Daniela, back to you. Thank you, Art. Great to hear from Gregory Soto. And of course, it was great to watch him represent the Tigers in the All-Star Game this year. Right now, we're going to get in to Let's Socialize, presented by AAA. And of course, for Let's Socialize, we're going to bring back Carly and Art. And um, Carly, you have been all over the social media accounts. We've missed a lot. So I'm excited for today. I know. So, well, since we just heard from Gregory Soto, let's start off with him. He brought his whole family to the red carpet well, we should say the purple carpet, for the MLB All-Star Game weekend. And look, at he's got his whole crew there. How cool. Loving the pastel Soto icon. Fashion icon is what Detroit Tigers social media said. And then also on the purple carpet was none other, none other than pause. Feeling like a hot feline out on the purple carpet. Can't talk right now. I'm doing hot mascot stuff. That caption got me, but happy to see the people and the Tigers representing the Tigers <laughs> out at uh, All-Star Weekend. So awesome. Happy for them. And also happy for Mike Madonna, who had a brief stint with the Detroit Red Wings back in the day. He's now golfing. So he got a double eagle. The first ever at the AC Championship. Huge congrats to him. So I guess, I don't know a lot about golf. And I feel like my dad would cringe if he heard me saying this. But I guess, look at that, beautiful. Double eagle. You, it's a double eagle in the States, but it's an albatross everywhere else. Some kind of be, bird. I don't know. To be completely honest with you, I've never heard that term until you just told me. So, yeah. I've yeah. Never what, double heard eagle? That. No, the other one. Obviously, I've heard Al- Al- Albatross? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I never I, have either. I just don't know golf, so I, ugh, you know, I know eagles, birdies. I live with a very big golfer, and I feel like I would have heard this term. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have, to, I'm gonna do some research. I'm gonna have to do some background on this one. Is is, is the uh, is, is is the golfer Canadian? No. Or American. American. So double eagle is what we say, yeah. right? It's yeah. kind of like, yeah. we're, you know, we're not on the metric system. You know, Americans are different. Right. You know, we we do our own thing, man. I All saw right. something recently. I was, I think it was a TikTok, and it was a guy who said, um, instead of weighing yourself in pounds, you weigh yourself in kilograms. So it looks a lot lower. That's what you said on the scale. That's exactly what I'm going to start doing. Thank you, Carly. Hey, I wanted to say, you know, Soto, don't you think he is a fashion kind of maven? I mean, he, yeah. he didn't have time to do his hair, but that silver glove was pretty sweet he had last night in the yeah, uh, in the All-Star game. You know, so uh, I, I, I can't wait. You know, I, I would expect that his hair is going to be a different color soon, though. I, I think he's itching to to color it. Wait, did you give him a recommendation? Did you what color do you think you should go with, Art? I'll tell you what. I you know, my favorite and and I do like red's my favorite color, uh followed by blue, which I guess is pretty common, you know, uh but uh I like his uh almost fluorescent orange locks. I I like that. I think it goes well with the road uniform and it kind of blends in with the home uniform even though the Tigers don't have a, 
uh, like a, a, another color uh, on their home uniform. It's just you know the uh, uh, the blue and, and and the white. It's excellent uniform, but uh, but yeah, but I I would love him to go with the uh, uh, I, I call it fluorescent orange, really bright. What if you went orange and blue? That would be sick. You know, you know what would be really cool, and I don't know if he could do it, but with the locks, God, I wish I could. If if he could, uh, it behind like if he were to turn around, and they were like you know intermittent orange and blue, but then he kind of dyed it where it was the also the old English D on the back, so the the opposition could look and he'd be turned around, you know, and they'd see him. You know, he's like looking towards center field, but his hair is orange and blue with the old English D on it. You know, I mean, that would be, that would take a, a hair artist or something to do it. But man, I think that would psych all the hitters up. And then he turns around and throws a, you know, 100 heater by him. Very good. Very good. <laughs> I love it. Maybe you can do word on Woodward Green. Oh, Michigan State Green, Carly. That's what you wanted to say. They're, they're different colors. They're different shades of green. <laughs> At least state has a has a consistent green now. They, you know, they used to show up in Ann Arbor and play Michigan in various sports, and their greens never match. Some of it was Kelly green. Some of it was Are green. you saying something you know? negative to about Michigan State? No, I, I like their green. I, I, you know, get Bob's rocker. Your, your colors are green and white. Decide on a green and just go with it, and they finally have. So uh, like I, I compliment Michigan hues. State. We like all hues. We don't like yellow. Like They're not maize and gold, okay? Maize and blue? Maize and blue. They're, they're literally it's yellow. yellow. It's not maize. It's, it's freaking yellow. yellow. It's yellow. Maize, the, co the color yellow. of corn. What a, what, what a great what, – what two great colors. You know, you know when Michigan's showing up. Yeah, yeah, whatever. All right. Well, that's why red for the Red Wings and then blue for Michigan, your two favorite colors. I just put that together. Yeah, I wow. know. Oh, you so did? Creative, know. As soon as he said it, I was like, oh, geez. But, it, but it's red. My favorite color by far, it, it not even close, is red by a mile. Okay. All right. I, I've always loved red. You know, I love it you know, in clothing and underwear, as you know. You name it, I love red. Yeah. All right. As exciting as this is, Art, um, we are going to wrap up. Let's socialize right there. Thank you so much, Carly. And, of course, thank a big you thank you to AAA. AAA says thank you with free roadside assistance for first responders and healthcare workers fighting to defeat COVID-19. You protect us by going to work every day. Let AAA protect you on the way there and back. Believe it or not, everybody, we have come to the end of another show. If you missed anything today or in any previous editions of The Word on Woodward, make sure you check out The Word on Woodward YouTube page. There are all of our past interviews on there. Very exciting. You can catch up all you want. And the Tigers are back from the All-Star break with a doubleheader on Friday starting at 2 p.m. And Saturday at 6 p.m. is the Detroit's biggest baseball bash. Again, tickets starting at just $5. Go to tigers.com slash bash to learn more. There's going to be a ton of fun surrounding that game and we'll be back with the word on woodward presented by points bet next wednesday july 21st starting at noon on detroit tigers and detroit red wings youtube's facebook and websites enjoy your day everybody we'll see you next week